to forging up in Dickens, dreaming about a premiership cup. We love our clubs, but they never win. Two flags in 100 years. That shit house, if you think we'll be insightful, clever, or just well researched. We're here to say that's not the case, we'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one it is a Wednesday, October 14th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And we've done it, Will. We've got to the end of the year where the cream has risen to the crop. The best four teams... The cl- cream's risen to the crop. <laughs> the cream Isn't of the, the crop. cream <laughs> meant to rise to the top? <laughs> Not like the cream hasn't risen to the crop. You're either the cream of the crop yeah. or the cream rises <laughs> to the top. But the cream doesn't rise to the crop. Now, what does that even mean? What did you think it meant when you said it, that the cream rise to the cop? I'm the, the, not the cop, the crop. I've started badly, uh, much like the magpies. <laughs> it's just I've had a mare to begin. Uh, let's hope that I, I put up a bit more effort than the pies did for the rest of this show. This has been an incredible season for a couple of arcs that we follow. Disappointing, obviously. Melbourne really came in with what a classic disappointing season, just narrowly missing out on the finals after being heavily fancied. But backs against the wall is now the defining quality in like my football picking because we just said it. Geelong's backs were further against the wall than Collingwood's backs. Mm. I sent you a message at halftime in the game going, the only hope that Pies have now is that by playing so terribly in the first half, their backs are sufficiently against the wall that they can make a comeback in the second half. But it turns out they were not. Back when you used to tour a lot and you're flying all across Australia, do you think... Flying back from Perth is enough of an excuse to justify that performance. Never really gets taken into account when you're doing stand-up comedy. No. No one ever says, <laughs> you know what, it was a good gig tonight. But to be honest, this is not a home crowd for him. Yeah. Like he's had to travel during the day, like day of. He just know. did a festival where he killed, so that was his grand final. Exactly. I mean, you know, you know what? He just wasn't at his best. He was a little down and it was a short week. Yeah. Did you see how much time there was between shows and travel as well? We did TV and radio Monday, Tuesday. It was only like a three-day break before yeah. the stage again. You've got to take those things into consideration. And he's not as young as he used to be. He's a veteran. <laughs> it was um, difficult to watch. I, I know I sort of wrote that on Twitter. You and I are very different people. Well, no, I think I'm a very different person to everyone because there's a lot of people who immediately contacted me via Twitter to say, this is not difficult to watch. I'm quite enjoying watching Collingwood get their comeuppance. I watched the first half again. Really? I watched it twice. Oh I sat down and I said, Snattest. the first time I was kind of watching it, to be honest, I was part watching it. Right. I was doing some other things and I was keeping my eye on it, like the first time. But the second time I was like, ooh. I like the taste of that. I'm going to sit down and make myself some peaceful time by myself. And it was Amy had to go and like do some other things. She was not at home. I had the house to myself. I had the choice of anything I could possibly do. And I was like, I'm going to lay down on the couch and I'm going to savor this first half to put half of football. I found it. I love nothing more. I guess the two things that I love is I either like a really close game mm-hmm. or I love an absolute blowout. And it does, it's not necessarily about Collingwood. I quite like Collingwood as a team. Yeah. But I just like a game where one team seems irrepressible. And they, it did seem like it was Harlem Globetrotters versus Washington General. Of, of all the finals blowouts of the recent history, the, the, the most 
The other comparison I think you'd make is the prelim in Perth a couple of years ago with Melbourne and the Eagles. Now, I imagine as someone who has a, quite, takes a quite a bit of enjoyment out of seeing the Diesels, was that a more enjoyable blowout for you? Yes, <laughs> absolutely 100%. Because the stakes were higher. It was a prelim. It was Melbourne. They 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 just went. It just felt very Melbourne. What happened there? Whereas this didn't feel like it would define Collingwood going forward. No. I think they played their grand final last week. Yeah, yeah. The fact that they got that far with the season that they've had was actually a pretty great result. I think. Mm. And I don't think that a, being just completely humiliated in a game like that will scar them. And I I agree. And I think that that was Bucks's attitude in his press conference. But I was surprised to see so many journo's being like, "Well, that." He didn't give an excuse. He was just like, oh, you know, we had a bad day. Not good enough. And I'm like, I think that is good enough because that's what happened. We know that they have a bunch of really talented players. We saw them all perform the week before. They just had a bad night. Right. It was weird that he came out and sang the song Bad Day by R.E.M. in his press conference. <laughs> he, he just comes out goes, with a guitar. He just, like, <laughs> just takes Gosh. one of the mics off the desk and puts it down near, his, near the guitar. <laughs> Well, he's been learning to play guitar, right? Yeah. So maybe he would be saving his first performance for something like that. Imagine if he got up at the press conference and he said, look, to be honest, there's not much that I can say about what happened today. We all saw it. So three, two, one. (laughs) I'd love if he then rolls into like a medley of songs about heartbreak. Like then he starts going like, when you're on your own and the night. Just R.E.M. Yeah. It's his top five it's R.E.M. It's the end song. of the world as we know it. Uh, losing my religion. Yeah. That'll definitely work. And then a tribute to how the Collingwood players played on the day, which is stand in the place that you live, yeah. now face east. Stand <laughs> in the place that you work, now face west. They were so at sea in the middle of the ground. It was like they were night swimming. <laughs> They, that, but that was the amazing thing is yeah. they got beaten all over the ground. There wasn't mm. like there was any kind of area. It's no. like, well, they won the midfield battle or, you know, at least their defense held up. It was like all of them were running with concrete boots. It was a pity that it wasn't GWS who had beaten them. So Nathan Buckley could have gone. We all agree. We've been orange crushed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was one moment, I think it was in the third quarter, when Danger kicked that banana goal that mm maybe looked like it missed and then yeah. it was a goal and they sort of cut to danger and he's like just shrugging himself and then the camera moves across and you see Darcy Moore and I could see him and he was like pre- preparing himself for the next contest and it's like but you could see behind his eyes he's like what's the fucking point <laughs> we're 60 points down now danger's kicking him from the boundary line what are we going to do for the next two quarters I have never understood why people don't <clears throat> like Patrick Dangerfield I think he's a who champion like player I, there is an element of people who right. don't like him and I think I have a suspicion from that moment why it might be. He has resting bitch face. Like when he, you know, kicked that, there wasn't really a shrug. There wasn't really, like he keeps a very, a game face. And I think that's what he was trying to portray is like, I don't care that we're so far up. This is game face. This is a big, important game and we still have work to do. But yeah. it comes off a little bit as resting bitch face, I think. It's tantalizing the thought of the way he Resting played- dick face. <laughs> 
I think that's what's been happening in the uh, dressing rooms after the game. That's why the players have been getting in trouble, right? Resting their dicks on faces. <laughs> Do you see Richmond after their victory in the prelim in Adelaide? Oh, the dicks they put on faces. You, no one said we couldn't put our dicks on people's faces. You said <laughs> no fingers up the bum. You said no fingers up the bum, and you said no grabbing of the balls. But my dick, my hand is not anywhere near their balls. My dick is resting on their face. It's tantalising the thought of Danger playing the way he did in that game, getting to a grand final and potentially taking on like Dusty. Because, you know, they're those Dusty, Nat and, and Danger have all been sort of a blanket thrown over them and brown lows and stuff. But Danger doesn't. And, and Danger, well, Nat's even played in a grand final. Danger hasn't even played in a grand final, has he? Is he? No, Adelaide never made one and Geelong haven't made one since 2011. So the thought of... Danger, you know, taking on who's going to win the Norm Smith, Danger or Dusty, is pretty exciting. And I wasn't really that into a Geelong Grand Final, but that performance made me go, "All right, I'm on board now." I'd like to see the last dance happen for Gary Ablett. I'd like to see Danger see if he can win a Norm Smith, wrench a Norm Smith from Dusty. And the thing about Ablett is that yes, he's not getting the possessions that he got, but in that first quarter the other night. I thought he was almost the best player on the field for the first, like, at least most of that first quarter because the first couple of goals that Ge- that Geelong got were mm. both from these perfect ablet kicks into the forward line. And you were just like, that's what why you, like, with the Bulldogs, you just want the ball in Bontempelli's hands because you know if it's in Bontempelli or Caleb Daniels' hands, it's actually going to go to someone and something productive is going to happen. Mm. And Ablett still got that. Yeah. If you get the ball He's to smart. him, whatever happens next might create something. Footy smarts. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that that narrative is now suddenly more interesting to me. But I wonder, I think emotionally I want to see a Port Brisbane grand final because we haven't seen them much in grand yep, finals. I agree. And it's exciting and Port deserve it. But by the same token, I'm just like, oh, yeah. But there's the old gunslinger narrative of Geelong, even with Richmond who after this weekend I now hate. I had no idea that I'd heard about Tom Lynch during the year and Mm. people talking about Trent Cotchin, but I hadn't actually really seen it with my own eyes. I'm like, oh, they're fucking, they're pricks now. Like they've just totally embraced the Cobra Kai. 100%. They even have the same colours as the Cobra Kai. Sweep his fucking leg, Tom. (laughs) Sweep his leg. I mean, I thought that was the bizarre thing. And look, regards to the Saints game, Whatever. I think that we played a team that were just much better than us. We've had a good season. I appreciate everyone who texted me like I was actually taking the field on Friday night, but they were awesome to watch. But Trent Cotchin's tackle on Zach Jones, how the fuck that wasn't 50 metres or even a citation, I, I don't understand it. It seemed... Unnecessarily rough Reckless. conduct. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 the fact that they didn't even like take it to the tribunal. But like maybe they overturned it at the tribunal and they let him play. But the fact that they didn't even do that seemed outrageous well, well, to this me. Is because where I get confused, right? So Ben Long, yeah, does a hip and shoulder last week. Mm. Who was the player he hit? Um, uh, Cro- one of the Bulldogs, Crozier. Oh yeah, Crozier. Yeah, who gets up and plays out the game, but he gets suspended for the uh, potential to cause yeah. injury. Trent Cotchin grabs the guy by the neck after the whistle, throws him to the ground. The guy's lying on the ground holding his back. Does that not have potential to cause injury? Well, the problem was that, of course, Long got uh, his charge was potential to cause injury, whereas Trent Cotchin actually caused, <laughs> caused injury. <laughs> so he got, off on, a, got off on a technicality. He said, I think you're fine, Your Honour. I caused injury. 
Well, it's just it's interesting to see, you know, obviously Richmond have now taken that mantle that Hawthorne used to occupy, free mm. kick Hawthorne. Yeah. Is there a protected species? They're too much of a money spinner for the AFL. That's the conspiracy. Is there such a big club now? But they're also the unsociable Tigers in the same way as the Hawks became the unsociable it's Hawks. good writing. I've got to tell you. The hero for the first two movies mm. in the third movie, make him a villain. I think it's, I think it's very clever writing. Right, but that is... What a great time for Richmondy to return. But it's also when they... like I mean, this is a completely different podcast, but that's what they fucked up about Star Wars. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, it's not out of place. <laughs> because, like, if the Darth Vader story had been about, like, Anakin Skywalker in the first two movies being, like, Richmond, mm. you know, this idea that they've finally found this, you know, person who's going to bring balance back to the Force and then, like, is this, like, heroic figure who then... Richmond style like so you know he's pretty much Luke Skywalker for the first two Mm. and then instead of what happens obviously you know with Luke Skywalker where he's able to resist the lures of the dark side instead in these ones there's someone who gives over to the dark side so suddenly this Anakin Skywalker is just hanging out with his other mates he's grabbing them on the nuts he's sticking his finger up their bum sticking his lightsaber up their bum he's uh, he's out late at night at some sort of you know cantina some strip cantina space kebab space kebab I mean, most of those late night kebab shops do have bizarre names like satin kebabs or moon kebabs. So it's not, you know, beyond the realm of possibility. Yeah, they have become, there's still plenty to like. So somebody oh, who. They're awesome. They're indigenous players. Uh, Shane Edwards, who was it two years ago? We didn't we know did who not he was. Know. He's now my favorite player. He's unbelievable. Just, I mean, the whole thing, what I, the, the way it appeared to me is that they. In, they're in third gear and they were killing us. And then occasionally we would stick our heads up and they'd just find another gear. And when they did, they just didn't miss a target. And their backline is so potent. Like Basha Hooley, it's a shame he hasn't won at least one Norm Smith. Yeah. You know? He could have won too. Easily. But he's such a dynamic and exciting halfback. He's like a quarterback. The amount of times, I think he had like 32 touches or something, and he doesn't waste a single possession. Well, he breaks lines and he runs. But he sets up play. And sets up play. The way, the way, yeah. Where he runs to, and it's also just that, you know, he can burst through the middle or he can take an intercept mark. He slows things down. They have so many leaders on that ground. And now that they have a couple of, well, you know, they've got Tom Lynch who is their enforcer and then Trent Cotchin being a little sniper on the side. They've got everything that you'd want in a team, you know. Maybe some teams have all the talent, but they don't have that edge. They've just sort of filled out all the areas you want to have for a championship team. Yeah, because I, they aren't universally hated. That, that You've identified what it is. They've just introduced a little bit of... So, on that. Okay. Normally on this podcast, towards the end, we will uh, roll into our regular segment, Pocket Profile Pocket. Uh, and traditionally, because you go through the mail... You're always asking me the questions. And I mm. thought seeing it's a prelim final week, it might be nice. We'll still do another one at the end, but it's, it might be nice to turn the tables. Turn the tables, Charlie, <laughs> and see how well you can get inside the mind of somebody. Right. Depends who the player And is. it's very uh, pertinent to the conversation we were just having because this is the pocket oh, is profile. Jack Higgins? No. Of Tom Lynch. Oh. So let's get inside the mind. Yeah, let's get inside the mind because what is up with that dude? Of he, Tom Lynch. He doesn't need to play like that. Why does he I play mean, he's like a that? superstar player. Superstar. Like, if he kicks straight... That was still... I thought he was probably he almost best seven on ground. Goals. And, he, and, yeah, but he... Okay. So, this is when he was at the Gold Coast. Okay. Okay, just to put it in context. 
uh, when he did this pocket profile. Uh, what AFL club did Tom Lynch, Tom Lynch support as a kid? What state? Victoria. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say he's a pie supporter. Oh, Charlie, you've started Strong. exceptionally well. well 100%. I picked the most popular Victorian club. It wasn't. I mean, you played the odds, I yeah. guess, now that you yeah, think about it. Uh, best moment in junior footy. Now, this is something that is kind of a joke, but it is related to the games. Um, I'll, I'll give you an extra clue. It was something he would do after the game is his favourite moment. Um, all right, something like singing this song. Uh, it would be uh, um, uh, uh, giving someone a, a bakaki. <laughs> <laughs> something he would eat. Oh, eating sweets, lollies, snakes. Meat pie after the oh. games. <laughs> okay. Before he's, uh, before a game, I always, before a game, I always. Uh, take the dog for a walk and get a coffee. It has to do with something that he... Uh, Eats? That, no, oh. something that if, is to do with what he wears in the game. Oh, um, he seeks out his lucky undies. Gets he, out his lucky undies. He makes sure he has his mouth guard because oh. <laughs> I know I'm going to snipe someone yeah. and they might punch me in the face. Uh, as a footballer, how would you like to be remembered? Now, this is something... Oh, this will give it away, but I, I will say that... This is something that was an aspiration at the time that is no longer has to be an aspiration of his because he's achieved it. Okay. Um, uh, what was the question again? As a footballer, how would you like to be remembered? As a as a premier, multiple premiership player. As a premiership player. Right. Um, the player from another club you most like to watch? A current day player. Current day player. Ob- makes makes sense for the... Obviously, obviously it would be in the top five. Uh, that you could abs- well of people that people would admire and would like to watch. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, and it, remember that Tom Lynch is a the position he plays. Okay, so it's a center. Uh, Jeremy Cameron, Buddy Franklin. Oh, of course, it was a couple of years ago, back when Buddy was at his peak. Who's his all time favorite player? There is a chance. That he will still get to play against his all-time favourite player in a grand final. Uh, uh, still side bottom. No, no, Scott Pendlebury. Uh, actually, I, I'm probably wrong here because I've, I've realised that it's someone with the same name. So, uh, Gary Ablett. Probably not oh. Gary Ablett Jr. because he's a forward. So, it probably was Gary Ablett, not Gary Ablett Jr. Uh, what does he do with his days off? He was um, living on the Gold Coast at the time. If that Surfs. Goes to the beach. Um, which oh, here's a joke. Bit of bit of humour. Uh, bit of humour. Cool. Let's, let's see uh, what he's got in the got in the chamber. Which singer band would you like to see perform at the AFL Grand Final? The Wiggles or High Five or uh, someone who's previously performed at the AFL Me- Grand Loaf. Final? Meat Loaf. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'll give him that one. Who is the king of selfies at your club? At the Gold Coast. Who's the best looking guy at the Gold Coast? Lockie Weller. Uh, yeah, Lucky Weller is pretty good. Andrew looking. Swallow. This guy, no, nah, this guy would be Andrew in the top Swallow. three at least, I would have thought. Oh, a top three. And his name sounds rooster. like he's good looking too. He's, <laughs> like he, uh, he's a, well, it's not Matt Rowell because <laughs> he wasn't playing. It, uh, I don't know. Who? It's a famous off field story about Buddy Franklin. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Johnny 100. <laughs> Alex Sexton. <laughs> That's a really good clue. That's a great clue. Is he good looking though? 
Yeah, Alex Sexton is good, a good-looking cat. I just know him as the dude who's got the mo in the tats. I think he's a good-looking... Like, he's a... He's got, like, that hipstery kind yeah, of... Yeah, exactly. Barista. Yeah, like but that. he also... He doesn't surprise me he's in his selfies because he has that sort of... Quiff. Cultured and curated look. Yeah. Um, okay. If you could... Oh, okay, this is a, this is a joke, I guess. Maybe? If you swap jobs with one person, who would it be? You won't know this person, but it's someone. What do they do? They have a job at oh, the Suns. Okay, uh, the the boot stutter. I mean, I it's the assistant property manager, which I imagine might be the, the boot, boot stutter. stutter. Yeah, that sounds like a modern day term for. I think that's uh, that's false humbleness. I think that's what he's doing, trying to do there. I don't know if it's a joke. If you won the lottery. What would you buy? What would you buy first? Uh, is it a, pos- a possession? And it's a possession, but it's not an obvious one. Not an ob- It's a. I'll tell you this: that it's it's a living thing. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a pl- either a plant or an animal. It, yes. Uh, he would buy a marijuana plantation. <laughs> no, it's not mine. An opium plantation. <laughs> this is not Will Anderson's pocket profile. <laughs> this is. Uh, it is something that AFL players are interested in. Horses. Uh, yeah, he'd buy a horse. Uh, Favourite city in the world to visit? It's a, an overseas city and it is quite a common answer. London, Hawaii, Los Angeles, uh, New York. New York. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Only what, English speaking. What's next on your travel bucket list? Maybe a joke or maybe actually a real thing. I'm not sure, but it's an unusual travel destination, but one I can imagine like would be on some people's bucket list. Is it like a war zone or something like that? Is that why it's unusual? It is uh, no, no, that's no. not why. Okay. Um, oh, what's it like? Is it a, is it something obscure like Timbuktu or something like that? It's obscure. Okay. Well, not obscure, but like very remote. What continent? Or would that give it away? That would give it away. Um, that's, uh, Nepal, Antarctica. Oh, that's good. No, I think that's a legit answer. Yeah. Childhood hero. Now. I would normally say, if I asked you to identify your childhood hero, would you think that hero is singular? Like, I would be asking you to say one person? Yeah, you're not going to say, like, the Rolling Stones or something. Right. Well, he, he has made it more than one person. But it depends. I mean, if childhood hero, is it a sporting team? Is it? No. Uh, think the Fast and the Furious. Okay. So, Vin Diesel. Um but Vin Diesel's crew in the Fast what, and the what Furious. What is the Fast and the Furious about at its oh, heart? It's cast, it cast, cast, More than driving. cars. More oh, than like, cars, okay, Charlie. McLaren. Ferrari. No. Uh, more family. Than, family. <laughs> His childhood hero was family. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's your worst <laughs> trait? Um, dropping my knee into people. <laughs> the people who are defenseless on the ground. Um, it is like a, people would not think this is a nice trait. It, it, it probably, no, he's stubborn. I won't even, I got bored. I got bored with the clues there. Least preferred household chore. What does he not like to do around the house? Um, he doesn't like to wash the dishes. Uh, cleaning. So I'll give you that one. Yeah. Three most admired people. You'd like to meet. They are all sports. I bet you he doesn't do any vacuuming because he already sucks. <laughs> all right. So they th- three people he'd like to meet. All sports people. They all play the same sport. They are all common answers 
to the question about which sports person you would like to meet. Uh, so they all play for the same team, did you say? No, they all play the same sport. Um, Are they tennis players? No. Are they cricketers? No. Basketballers? Basketballers. Okay. Are they all currently playing? No. Michael Jordan? Yes. LeBron? Yes. Uh, We would have been um, passed away uh, Kobe. Kobe Bryant. Well done. Three out of three. Favourite food? What is Tom Lynch's favorite food? Is it a carb? It is not a carb. It is a protein. Steak. Steak. Favorite movie and movie star. Now, movie star might be easier to guess than movie. So I'm happy to start with movie star and then we can guess which movie. Adam Sandler? No. Think um, maybe Tom Lynch you know, kind of sees himself as this sort of oh, okay. character. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a tough guy. Yeah, well, can play a tough guy. Can play a tough guy. Kind of a Tom Lynch-ish uh, sort of look. Well, could play oh, Tom Lynch. Could play they Tom don't Lynch. really look the same. So it's got to be tall and blonde. Yeah. Oh, like Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. And the film would is. Be, what, it's his favourite movie of all time, a mm-hmm. Chris Hemsworth film. Uh, Avengers or Thor? or no. uh, Is it that car racing one? Rush. Rush. <laughs> okay. That's... That's one of those things when you go to someone's house and you see their DVD collection and you see like the DVDs you expect to see, then you're like, Rush. Dude, you said Rush? <laughs> yeah. So but everyone has that one it's DVD. It's the best movie of all time. <laughs> about the band? No, 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 no. It's about car racing. Days of Thunder. No, no, no. Rush. Got The Godfather, The Shining and Failure yeah. to Launch. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Speaking of which, I think this one... If some, I went around to somebody's house and they had box sets of TV sitcoms, there are many that I'd be like, oh, Seinfeld, The Simpsons, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like you'd be like, oh, yeah, cool. I get, you know, what you're into, you know, before the days of streaming. Uh, if I went around to someone's house and they had a box set of this incredibly popular sitcom, I would still be a little bit worried about them. Uh, was it a, Would I mean... Is it modern of, day, modern ish day? Oh, okay. So it's um, how I met your mother. How I met your mother. <laughs> I've actually, I'm, I'm like you. I've got a, I've got a beat on him now, and I can drill down. Uh, and then finally, last but not least, uh, things you would like to do after your footy career. He just names one thing, and it's a general statement about, and or it, it encompasses a just relax, just uh, chill. Uh, it's something that is currently unachievable. Um, um. Uh, fly <laughs> travel the world right okay yeah. well that's what I meant Will yeah. fly uh, alright Tom Lynch well it doesn't make me like him anymore no. it didn't humanise him no. in the slightest it really didn't did it so what do you reckon is going on there with Tom Lynch do you reckon this is a because I don't remember him being like that at Gold Coast do you reckon this is a, d- a directive has he been coached to play this way have they said mate you're big you get a big frame you know we've got players who can feed you the ball Anytime, but we need you to do more. We need you to throw your body around and just like intimidate them. I think it's part of that idea of... Charlie Dixon does the same thing without dropping knees on people. Yeah, well, Charlie Dixon looks like a tough guy. And I think that Tom Lynch's problem is that he doesn't look like a tough yeah, guy. Yeah, it's like a private school boy. It's not like he only does those dirty things. Yeah, like awesome. the majority of his game is really tough. Like yeah. the way that he like flies into packs like without regard for his own safety and the way that he busted about. All those early goals had at least a bit of his he hand in just- He loved hurting people. You could right? tell. 
And that's totally within the rules and to be admired. Yeah. But I don't think that he looks the part for that. Yeah. And so he doesn't get the full credit for that that he deserves. And then he feels like he has to do this extracurricular sort of like, you know how there's like some bad guys who they don't really want you to know they're a bad guy. Like even in real life, there's like criminals who are totally on the down low. And then there's other criminals who are like, hey, I want to make sure the cops know I'm a criminal. So I'm going to like, you know, get a tattoo on my forehead yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, you know. It's like Joe Leto playing the Joker, right. damaged. Right. <laughs> we yeah. get it. You've yeah, we got get green it, hair. Green hair and red lips. And I think that's that's what Tom Lynch is. He's Jared Leto playing the Joker. There was one moment, I think it was in He's the- been sending all his teammates used underwear and condoms. <laughs> condoms. Which, for Richmond, is sort of par for the course yeah. in the yeah, change rooms. You didn't say we couldn't <laughs> do this. There was a moment in the game early on, I think it was first or second quarter, where um, uh, St Kilda back pocket, Ben Patton, went back with the flight to fill the hole. Mm. And Tom Lynch came charging out and made him earn it. Like, flew, it was all legal, but flew so hard and just drove like his entire weight into the back of Ben Patton's head. And Ben Patton's jogging off and his head is pissing with blood. Did you see that? That moment? No. It was like a horror film. It was like Carrie. He was coming off and his whole head was split open. And at that moment, I was like, well, I don't know we're going to win this game because if I was a Saints player, I would look at Ben Patton, who's been awesome this year, who shut down every single forward he's played on, Tom Papley, Charlie Cameron. But he did the right thing. He did what every coach wants you to do. Just go back when it's when it's your turn, fill the hole. And he did. And he got fucking smashed. And Tom Lynch still popped up and got the ball to show Bolt and kicked the goal. Like... It was incredibly deflating, as intimidating and deflating and completely legal. And it made you think that Brisbane were very lucky to get Richmond without Tom Lynch. And mm. it made you worried that if they see Richmond again in the grand final and Tom Lynch is playing, that it could be a really different result. Well, I actually went back and watched the Brisbane highlights just to see what they had done differently. And it was all about intent and pressure and attack. Like we could not. I don't know if we were overawed or if we'd played our grand final the week before or whatever, but... It you- almost felt, though, like everything was slightly, like, just off. Yes. Like, the Saints just needed things to be, like, a few more percentage one way. The ball to bounce a little bit better that way. The goals to... The, the points to become goals. Yeah. And all the 50 percenters yeah. didn't go our way. Yeah. Whereas for Richmond, Shy Bolton was kicking him from every corner. It, Tom Lynch would drop knees in people and not get sighted. The captain would strangle a person in front of the umpire and get a reward. <laughs> like, you're right. It just felt off. But I think that they're either physically tired or they're overawed because in that Brisbane game, when you watch the highlights, any opportunity they had to put physical pressure on Richmond, they did. So they were scragging, bumping, niggling the whole time. And Richmond don't like that. That's why they gave away those 50 meter penalties. I think we were either physically just not capable of taking up to them. Cause that's the other thing is we had a bunch of players out there who've played less than 50 games or essentially like the third youngest list going out there. And then you're going up against two time premiership team with three of the most intimidating players in the AFL on the ground. I just reckon that, you know, mentally it would have taken, we would have had to get a mile in front of the scoreboard and then play the best game of of, of the year to beat them. That wasn't going to happen. It was funny though, because Richmond looked beatable still. They look beatable and unbeatable in equal measures. I think Richmond, when they're good, when they're going, you think, how can anybody stop this? But there were big patches of the game where the Saints did stop it. Yeah. When, you don't let them maintain possession. Like when they have to chase you and put pressure on. And that's that's what I think that was maybe lacking was you wanted to 
either niggle them or just through scoreboard pressure make them make mistakes. But we never put any pressure on them. I think the Port Adelaide game is going to be really interesting because they're they've got a lot of tough guys themselves and they are a good physical team and they'll probably kick straighter than us. And so it'll be interesting. I feel like if Richmond will still win the whole thing, I think they'll beat Port Adelaide, but it's going to be a good game. It's exciting. I don't. Really? No. I think they definitely can. No doubt about that. But I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Port Adelaide. I just feel like home ground advantage. I think this year the week off isn't going to, make you scratchy it's just only going to help you freshen up and i think that port adelaide are super hard and i think that is where richmond are vulnerable and that's how port play they play really hard football i didn't see the first time they played this year but everyone mentions it as being the best game for the season so again i watch the highlights and it's incredible highlights package i can't imagine what the game must have been like but the fact that port adelaide won that game and they won it like on emotion and they were really pumped up for it I feel like that's going to help Richmond more. Richmond have got more to prove. All the pressure is on Port Adelaide now. They're playing at home. They finished top of the ladder. You know, this is the game that they really proved their bona fides. Richmond have got nothing to lose. And a, and, a, and a Richmond with nothing to lose is a scary prospect. I agree with everything you say. And yet, for some reason, I still think Port Adelaide are going to win. I just, I want to believe in Port Adelaide. I feel like... The fact that they were top of the ladder all the season, that they, I, I just want to believe that what they are is real. It might mm. not be. It might be exposed that, you know, they've been artificially inflated because of the, you know, the fact that they didn't have to travel as much and played a lot of games at home and all those sort of things. You know, maybe if Brisbane and Port make the finals later on, people look at this year and they think, well, they are the two teams that were least impacted by all the COVID changes. So I think more so, they made the grand more so final, for but. Brisbane, but I think with, I think with Port Adelaide, I don't doubt them. I don't think they are inflated. I think they are the best team in the competition, mm. but it's a completely different, it's the competition starts again in finals and they are in like a very small pool with a killer shark. Like that's what I just, Geelong to a lesser extent. I don't, I, I think if Geelong would, but at some it, stage, someone's got to kill the shark, right? No, sometimes the shark like sometimes the shark eats everyone. Ask the people of Amity. I mean, that to fucking blow that thing up with a gas tank. Same shark, I think, in one case, travelled to Hawaii. Sharks, the shark came for revenge at one point. Exactly, the shark remembered. Sharks don't forget; they're like elephants. It was an elephant. Elephants of the sea. That's what I like to call them. Yeah, look, I just. I don't think I don't think any of the teams that are left are a bad. No one's a pretender. No. They, they could all win it. I just feel like and every combination of all four is interesting. Yes, I don't think that you can always say that, but I just really would be happy with any combination. What's the least interesting storyline? Um, so least interesting is rich. Oh, no, it's hard, right? I don't think there is a least interesting. No, it's almost dead even. There's there's something compelling about each story. Because I think like even if it was Geelong, Port Adelaide, which I think maybe if I had to rank them would come in fourth. But even then, you're like, you've got all that Geelong stuff. Can, you know, Gary Ablett go out with the premiership, Paddy Dangerfield versus the team that were on top of the ladder all the season, a veteran team, a young emerging team. You know, like I think there's a, a lot to like about that. And that's probably the least appealing of the combinations. 
I think a, a Geelong Richmond grand final, like for the reasons I said earlier, the, the dusty mm. and uh, yeah. danger kind of matchup is great. But also, I mean, it seems ridiculous when we're not playing any games of Victoria, but two big Victorian clubs with history and, you know, you know, and premierships and stuff like it is, it'd be a classic kind of clash. If it was actually at the MCG, imagine how many people they'd get to that. Well, also, I think that, um, you know, Richmond and Brisbane would be the, you've got the two Victorian teams if it's like the Cats and Richmond, mm. but if it's the opposite, you've sort of got old school versus New school. This season's mm. all been about Brisbane. The grand final's being played in Brisbane for the first time. It's normally at Richmond's home ground. Yeah. You know, they get to play at their home ground on grand final day. You know, the MCG becomes their fortress and their home ground. And yet now this time, this old champion team, while this, like, you know, are going to cement their legacy by either going to Brisbane and beating them in Brisbane or Brisbane are going to win the grand final in their home state in the Brisbane season. Tell so they're me, all great storylines. Tell me, this year, can you remember, did Richmond beat Geelong or did Geelong beat Richmond? Uh, I think Richmond beat Geelong. Yeah, so round 17, uh, the Tigers played Geelong and they won that game 57-31. to 31. Now, I'd forgotten the details, but Geelong had gone into that game having won six in a row. And this is the game that... Uh, uh, Richmond just trounced him and left into the top four. So the reason I think that's interesting is I think Richmond have access to grind with Port and Brisbane, which I think is helps them. But when it comes to Geelong, if they were to make the grand final, Geelong is the one who will have something to prove, which I think will help them. This is two guys, one cup maths. <laughs> I mean, it is it, it's actually really exciting. Mm. I'm glad these these are the best four teams in the competition and I'm glad that they are the last four teams in the competition. Well, let's give our tips and then we can move on to other stuff. So, yeah, we can move away from football. <laughs> That's what we really want. <laughs> Onto what we do best. So, I'm going to stick with Port Adelaide. I don't really know why, yeah. but I'm going to say that Richmond is recency bias and Port Adelaide are the best team and uh, they are going to win. I'm going to follow my system of if Richmond have an axe to grind, they win. So until they play Geelong, if they play Geelong, I reckon Richmond will get into the grand final. Now, what about Geelong, Brisbane? We haven't talked much about Brisbane this episode. Well, Brisbane have just kept it pretty quiet, haven't they? They have. There's a lid on it. Although, with all the promotional stuff that's happening in Queensland now, like they're flying the cup down from Townsville and all that kind of stuff, they've got Simon Black out. Uh, there must be a bit of kind of... Simon Black comma, out, we should point out. There's not a guy who used to play AFL called Simon Blackout because he just used to, like, collapse and not remember yeah, stuff That wasn't his real surname. Yeah. That's his nickname, Simon Blackout. Uh, I reckon that maybe we're not hearing much from there because it's a Queensland team and that's a rugby town. I think – no, I think there's excitement. I just think Brisbane have genuinely – Shut it down a little bit yeah. this week. Chris Fagan's not letting anyone get a, a big bloody boarding school pudding head, is he? You know what I've loved is Chris Fagan. I don't know if they are old shots or new shots, but I've seen him a couple of times in the Brisbane kit mm -hmm. this week. The you polo. Know, the sort of polo and the tracksuit. And he's looking pretty sharp. <laughs> really? I mean, for, for an older man. For Gil Gunderson. He, no, he kind of looks like Gil got his life together a little bit. Right, like, he's quit drinking... He's, uh, 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 he's got himself a good dating job. Dating someone new. He's tucked in his polo. Moved into like, moved out of his bachelor plaid, moved in with a, a woman he's met. He's adopted 18 kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I uh, I think that 
I, I feel like I haven't heard enough about Brisbane to know. Like it's kind of, it's kind of like what happened last week with you know St Kilda and Collingwood winning. All the talk was about them, and we always fall for that thing where the team that loses gets talked down, and the team that won gets talked up. But I genuinely feel like maybe Geelong found something against the Pies because sometimes you wonder: is that a healthy win? Does that just give them a false sense of how good they are? But I think it was a tune-up win. I think it was because everyone played well, but they. Apart from danger, it wasn't like Tom Hawkins kicked six goals as well. Like they've got a bunch of players who could also step up from that game, which is a scary thought. I think it's going to be a Geelong Port grand final. I uh, think Brisbane deserves to be in the grand final and it'd be a really romantic story. But I think that it's, yes, there's going to be a final twist and Geelong are going to get to play in a grand final and they're going to play Port Adelaide. I'm going to pick Brisbane, but I, no, I have no confidence in that. No. I have no logic. I don't know what the DNA of... Well, if we went by DNA of the teams, popular DNA of the teams is Geelong lose, right? Because yeah. Geelong don't win enough finals. Yeah. So that's that's probably their DNA. Richmond You're right. Win. We've got to Rich- stick to our established facts. Yeah. Which is... Well, I don't know. I was, I've been unusually buoyant about Geelong this you season. You have. You have. And I've been unusually buoyant about Port Adelaide. And so I think I'm just going to stick with that. Okay, well, I'm going to pick the Bears, just the Bears. The Bears. The Brisbane Bears. They've been keeping it really... I just like their coach, Peter Knights. Um, I reckon Johnny Gastev gives them an off-drive off half-back. David Bain, really yeah. good on the wing. And uh, Brad Hardy, yeah, really looking forward to playing in a grand final. So. I mean, Roger Merritt is just like a war horse. <laughs> well, uh, let's get to our letter section. Yes. Um, if you want to contact us, you go to tofop.com. There's a little window down the bottom. You can just drag down Two Guys, One Cup, and you can send us a message. We've had an ongoing segment. Uh, called Cunf Fiction, which yes. is the buddy cop uh, machinations of Nat Fife and Ben Cunnington. I did uh, watch a little Advanced Hair Studios ad that stars Ben Cunnington uh, oh, yeah. during the week. It's not it's not much of an ad. He only has one line in the ad, but he just said that having more hair gave him more confidence. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't really think... You don't, he doesn't strike me as a guy who lacks confidence, but I could understand he's a country guy shy. Right. He knows who he is. Yeah. He knows who he is. Yeah, but he's, you know where he's at home? Not at a fancy party with a bunch of other people out in the ocean by himself. Yeah, like thinking, he's confident. thinking thoughts. He's confident of his abilities. He's confident of his abilities to catch himself a 10-foot fin boy. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, so we this is the continuing story, Cunf uh, Origins by Angus Octagon, or Octagon. I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. Um, when we last left our heroes, uh, Nat Five had contacted Ben Cunnington and told him the shinbone spirit had been t- stolen by Tex Walker. Ben had suspicions about who put Tex up to this, so this okay. is where our story picks up. During their long row across the bay, Ben Cunnington taught Fife all about fishing and how many of its lessons can be applied to real life. They discussed patience, silence, and how to let things go. Fife began to understand that life isn't always about flying fast and crushing swells, and developed an appreciation for Ben's ability to slow things down and get in touch with Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. Nat did not, however, share Cunnington's passion for philosophy, and was more than happy when they finally reached their destination. Uh, all right, Benny, um, are you finally going to tell me who it is we're going to go see? Asked Nat. Shh, whispered Cunnington. Look. Ben pointed to a rather large man attempting to sneak through some bushes. Nat instantly recognised him as Tex Walker. Remembering when what Ben had said about patience, Fife decided not to pounce on Tex and instead followed Ben as they tracked Walker. After a few minutes, Tex reached an old decaying house and went inside. 
Fife's agent, as in secret agent, instincts then kicked in and he took control of the operation. He signaled for Ben to go to one of the front windows of the house and he went to the other. He then counted down from five to one on his hand. And when he reached one, the two men burst through the windows like they would for a pack of midfielders, <laughs> swiftly rising to the feet in anticipation of more action. But the room was all but empty, with the exception of a few reshore posters that had a number of obscenities drawn on them. Were you intrigued? <laughs> Across them stood Tex, smiling. I love how Tex has become just like this Lenny of Mice and Men style idiot. <laughs> Across from them stood Tex smiling, as well as the, clo- uh, uh, the cloaked figure holding the briefcase containing the Shinbona spirit, whose face was now visible. Oh, wow, Chris Scott, Nat exclaimed. What are you doing here? That's not Chris Scott, says Ben. It's Brad, my old coach. I knew I should have reached out to you sooner, cunners, <laughs> said Brad. Seems the power board has already sunk its teeth into your balding head. My hair's coming back, said Ben, reaching up to touch (laughs) his growing strands for reassurance. Besides, I'm not with the board. I'm just trying to figure out what's happening here. Are you sure you're not Chris? Questions Nat. You sure look like Chris. (laughs) We're we're twins, you gold-haired idiot, barked Brad. Hey, I'm not an idiot. I'm Nat Fife, dual brownlee medalist. (laughs) Fife pointed at his matching medals that hung from his neck and drew a laugh out of Scott. Yes, Goldilocks, you are an idiot. You parade around with your hardware without knowing what they really are, without knowing what's inside them. What are you talking about, Brad? asked Ben. I'm talking about the whole reason you're here, the shinbonus spirit. Cunnington and Fife looked at one another, seeking answers that neither of them had. Curious, they returned their attention to Scott, who <laughs> was eager to reveal all. Look, this is great. A little too much detail. This is, no. Not enough detail. This the, the level of detail here, because now what I'm picturing is that guy's day. Yeah, like, like this is half a fucking day minimum. Two hours, he reckons. Two hours a night for a number of nights. Like so, right? So half a day. Yeah. Like literally half of like a human day before he goes to bed was dedicated. <laughs> Honey, I'm just gonna go and do some journaling. Around 10 years ago, said Brad. I like to think that he has little dolls that he's acting <laughs> yeah, it all out he's with. He's pacing his office, yeah. just like practicing <laughs> the dialogue like... and stuff. It's a whiteboard. <laughs> he's got it all plotted out. Around 10 years ago, said Brad, the AFL Power Board conducted an experiment involving the Brownlow Medal and Shinbonus Spirit. They knew of its magical abilities that made North Melbourne players perform on a higher level, and they wanted to see if they could make the best players even better. They paid North a hefty sum and in return acquired a sample of the spirit. To their delight, it worked. And so began the yearly exchange of money for spirit, which was then infused with the Brownlows to give their holders an extra boost on the footy field. But over time, the board kept wanting more and more to the point where they started to be not enough for the North Melbourne players. Our club's play gradually declined and eventually I had to intervene. I tried to stop them, but they were too powerful. And before I knew it, I was out of a job and out of the league, silenced by the power board. Reshore is too much of a soft cock to stand up to them. So now they take all the, the, just about all the spirit. That's why I stole it. And that's why I sent you boys to come and get it. So they can, uh, and that's why they sent you boys to come and get it. So they can abuse its powers. I remember you mentioning something about the power board, said Ben. Didn't make much sense at the time, but when Fife showed up in my fishing shack, I knew I had to come find you. That was not long before they had me fired, said Brad. But we're all here now, so we can figure out a way to solve this mess. I wouldn't be so sure. 
Cunnington and Fife spin around to see Kane, Twerp Corns oh. and Toby Green standing oh, in the doorway. No. I like what you've done with the place, Brad, continued Kane. <laughs> it's almost as shit as your coaching career. <laughs> Always with the hot dogs. <laughs> Fuck off, Twerp, said Ben. You're just jealous of my premiership medal, chirped Kane. Agent Fife, retrieve the spirit and hand it to me. To be continued. Oh, man. Great stuff, Angus. Really good. So I mean, good, mate. I know my Brad and my uh, 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 cane twerp corns sounded <laughs> very similar. So Also, uh, I'm interested that maybe you did cane corns in the first episode. Oh, and I can't you remember. you definitely did not do the same voice. <laughs> no. Uh, let's get to some more mail, though, Will. Uh-huh. We've got some good stuff here from people. This is from Steve. Hi, Charlie, the real motherfucker. And Will, with one L. I'm drunk as a motherfucker and you seemingly determined and seemingly determined to email y'all. I'm a pathetic American and I want to say that I fucking hate the fucking Yankees and the puss-ass New England Patriots formerly led by that respectable piece of shit Tom Brady. The Yankees can die in a fucking nuclear explosion on New York. Those fucking motherfuckers and their 9-11 bullshit. I feel that's too strong. I apologize. <laughs> you know what I love about this already is, again... The mental picture of our correspondence. So firstly, I've loved the idea of Angus sitting down at his old school typewriter that is typing his like 25-part George R.R. R. Martin style comp fan fiction. But I'm also enjoying Steve. this sort of Steve's drunk as a motherfucker. <laughs> Hammering like, the keyboard. I've got to get in contact with two guys one cup to express some opinions about Tom Brady. <laughs> I feel that's too strong. I yep. apologise. But seriously, fuck Brian Cashman, who's okay. the Yankee general manager, mm-hmm. and their entire fucking team. And John Boy, even if I fucking John love Boy. his videos, please check out John Boy for baseball breakdowns. They're fucking the best. Okay. Seriously, check them out. He must All do right. like a YouTube video. Okay. If you want a real baseball team to root for, cheer for, go for the Cincinnati Reds, a real fucking club, not a fucking piece of shit bought and paid for Collingwood, I think, club. The Reds are the oldest professional club in baseball and the only club that doesn't fucking sucking fucking chodes. Fucking try me, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh my God, this is the best letter ever. Besides Collingwood, what are your thoughts on who I should barrack for in the AFL? Also, how does one watch the footy without spending a fortune in America or should I just spend a billion dollars on footy in America? Thanks, Steve, a.k.a. the dumb motherfucker. Steve, you're not a dumb motherfucker. You're a passionate sports fan, which we can relate to. You're already on board. In fact, I think that it's maybe that drunken passion we should start with. Who is the team that has the most drunken, passionate fans? Collingwood. I mean, it's it Collingwood or maybe West Coast? no. They're, they're not too, drunk, they're are they? And, and West Coast, if he hates the Yankees, he's going to hate West Coast. Yeah. So but, I, I mean, but also Collingwood, Collingwood. He wants a Cincinnati Reds, I assume, from yeah. his letter, a salt-of-the-earth kind of integrity team. So you could make that a Swans or a Geelong mm. or, you know, just a team that is always good. Haw- well, not Hawthorne because they're too Chardonnay-sipping. Um, the, the Swans? They're a, they, they've got red in their colour. You know what? The Swans is not bad. That's actually not a bad starter team for people. But they're not drinky. They're not drinkers. They're not like, you don't get, it's very nice when you go to the SCG. It's not like. I know. It's a couple of Chardonnays. Yeah. And some, you know, I'm not sure that salmon sushi was fresh. I mean, I assume Essendon supporters have been drinking a lot this year. I mean. <laughs> and they've got red in there. Yeah, but I. They're I just, not salt of the earth You either. can't in any good conscience tell someone to jump on board Essendon now. <laughs> 
That's like selling someone a ticket to the Titanic when the fucking orchestra were already out there fucking playing for the last time. Fire beware, dude. Fire beware. Um, yeah, I, I think the Swans would be a good, safe pick if you want a team that if you want balances to be able integrity to look, and yeah, success. I was going to say, integrity. So the, the Swans have had a couple of moments lately that don't work. What is the team with the most integrity? Because that's what it feels like. He wants to be able to judge mm. other teams and their failings from some sort of like you know, mountain of integrity, right? Well, I think Port have had a lot of integrity this year. They've managed to get where they've got without, you know, being dirty or anything like that. Not in the headlines for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I agree. I think Port Adelaide have and got they And they get drunk in the stands and punch on and they may win a flag. So it's probably a good time to get on board Port. Yeah, okay. Port Adelaide. Yeah, Port Adelaide. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, this is from Katie. Hi, guys. I sympathize with the first ever two guys, one cup finals dilemma. It's a situation my partner and I have had to navigate with varying levels of success over the years as I'm an obsessed Geelong supporter and he's a Richmond fan. Oh boy, oh boy. I hope they make the grand final for your sake. That'd be great. I think they're the two teams that has also played each other the most in finals in the last while as well. Right. They have quite a, you know, you kind of don't think of Geelong Richmond as being like a traditional rivalry, but I think they actually have a bit of a rivalry. Do you think there's any Richmond supporters who think Tom Lich is, is being a bit of a dick or do they just love yeah, it? Yeah, of course. But you just decide to deal with it. You I always mean, know. Who was the last Bulldogs player to be like that? Barry Hall. He was the last. Yeah, and but he was, he was a dick when we picked him up. <laughs> yeah, right. Like we were... He wasn't a homegrown dick. He was a out loud and proud dick by the time that we... Who was the last Bulldogs enforcer? Scott Danny Southern. Oh, Danny Southern, yeah. But was he a dick, Danny Southern? Mm-hmm. No, but he was a physical, wasn't he? Or did he just look like a physical player? Oh, Danny Dick Boss. No, just... <laughs> no. Um, you don't really have a tradi- tradition of enforcers, do you? I mean, Libba is it's oh, a different example, yeah, 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 but he's yeah. probably considered to be like other <laughs> That's teams. That's hilarious. Libba was your enforcer. <laughs> Come over here, old bloody... Pinch scratch the shit out of you. I'll scratch you. I'll scratch you. I'll scratch you right under the eyes and I'll pinch you. <laughs> you just sort of hold him at arm's length as he's swinging wildly at you. I want a brown <laughs> uh, Don't put me in your pocket. <laughs> okay. Um, so she goes to Kat's uh, partner goes to Richmond. This has led to many weekends in our house. This has led to many, many happy weekends in our house. But when it's time for our teams to play, we've never quite managed to get through it with grace and dignity. Mm. To his credit, he's a much better loser than me as I've stormed out of the MCG and other antics while he mostly just gets surly and rants with his mates on Messenger. Of course, it's, oh, by the way, uh, the messenger, the footy Messenger group I'm a part of, there's one Essendon supporter and you would have thought that he was like the representative of the club. The amount of questions that were getting fired at him two weeks ago, it's amazing. And he was answering them, doing his best to explain <laughs> what had happened to the club. What's going on? Is Dorito lost his mind? What, okay, what does he? What's his theory on what's going on at Essendon? Because we may as well just have random guys from your footy WhatsApp series on these things. Because I don't think anyone really knows what's going on at Essendon. So let's uh, find out what your friend from your footy WhatsApp thinks about what's happening at Essendon. Mm-hmm. That seems pretty on brand for two guys one cup. Mm-hmm. We'll now go to our insider. This is our version of Tom Brown with some AFL updates. It's just somebody who barracks for the club answering questions. Okay, so the question was, how's that culture going at the Bombers? Uh, he responds, fucked. It's a holocaust. 
And then uh, the other guy says, more like an exodus, which I think is probably more, more appropriate. Um, our mate, VK, uh, straight to the point, what are the top five issues? <laughs> and how do they turn it around? VK with the fucking probing Mark Robinson style question. He's straight to the point, isn't he, VK? Because <laughs> yeah. that, that's what he's like. All right, well, we've identified the problem. Now I need a list of the top five issues and we'll tick them off on one by one. Okay, so he's responding to all the different messages independently. So to the Exodus, he says, faster than people run from the toilets at summer days when the dogs come through. Okay. <laughs> Open with a gag. Yeah. It's pretty good. Gives you a sense of why this is a WhatsApp group. Uh, he reckons uh, it'll be a five-year turnaround. Mm -hmm. Shorter if they recruit good young kids in the draft. The power of nailed it uh, in two years. No point going for old heads now. We have a big seat in the draft this year, an opportunity to bring in talent to build the club around. VK responds, it's a bit like the Lions after their exodus. Didn't take them too long once they got their off-field uh, and leadership sorted. But it's a bit of a shit show at Bomberland. <laughs> Dodorio hasn't been good for the club. Time to go, you slur. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go, Dodorio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was it. That was in the, okay. the exchange. So he reckons it's uh, it's to do with on-field leadership and the the old heads that right. are still lingering around the club. And you, we've got to show Dodorio the door. Show Dodorio. Well, two years ago, we were talking about him being a genius, Dorito, yeah, Andrew Dorito, Dorito. Yeah. when he brought in like Dylan Shield yeah. and Jake Stringer and, and now everyone hates him. Yeah. Dodorio, it, no, you <laughs> don't have a job anymore. Um, okay. So, uh, 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 of course, it's easy to be the better loser when your team isn't getting knocked out of the finals yep. again and again after the best, being the best so team all easier. season and leading at halftime in a prelim. With the Melbourne lockdown biting hard, we had a few strategy meetings about the Richmond versus Geelong game a few weeks ago, the one we just talked about. We couldn't leave the house because of curfew. We floated not watching it at all, Ooh, but wow. there's not a lot else going on the weekends right now. So we discussed having an agreement that neither of us would mention the umpiring but quickly decided that even without words, it was pretty obvious from the sardonic intake of breath <laughs> what the other person thought about a dubious call. I almost decided to just watch it in the car alone on my phone. <laughs> Finally, we delved into what is actually so annoying about watching a game where your partner supports the other team. And we decided the worst, the absolute worst part is when they're nice to you. Yeah. It's a pitying, sure, maybe it was the, uh, in the back or, yeah, unlucky on that one when your team is losing. I fucking 100% <laughs> agree. And I believe that's probably what I was like with you in 2010. I'm fine with that. It doesn't bother me how it bothers you and this person. Um, you know the person is really loving every second of it. The implication that maybe you're upset about losing when you're not, and even if you were, it's none of their business and your pain is your own, damn it. In conclusion, we agreed not to be nice to each other, to give each other as much shit as possible, to be larger than life, one-eyed football supporter, character chewers that we sadly are. How did it work out, you ask? Yeah, all right. I played Switch for most of the last half and said I hope the whole Richmond team got severe food poisoning. <laughs> Good luck with the final, Katie. You're a woman after my own heart, Gady. That would be yeah. my exact reaction too. Um, time for a pro pocket profile. Po Actually, before right. we get to that, one more message from uh, Nick. Kane equals twerp. Mm -hmm. Dear Charlie and Will, after suffering through last week's pocket profile of Kane Turner, yep. who uh, has just been offered a new contract, I'm told. Today. Yeah, well, Two Guys One Cup got tagged in a lot <laughs> on the announcement of that from North Melbourne, which must have confused the social media person at North Melbourne. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't draw a link between well-known twerp Kane Corns. Mm. What is it about K-A-N-E's or K-A-Y-N-E's yeah. that make them such knobs? 
Should there be a crackdown on players called K-A-N-E or K-A-Y-N-E in the AFL to reduce the likelihood of further twerpiness? Love the pod. Go Cats. You know who's also a dickhead, it turns out? The guy who played Superman, Dean Kane. <laughs> oh. He is. He's a real dickhead. There's a lot of bad Canes. I would be very dubious about a kid if he came in and his name was Kane. Okay. Pocket profile, pocket time, where we turn the table back around in the direction it should be facing. At you, Will. Uh, and this is a player you should know something okay. about because he plays for the Bulldogs, Toby uh-huh. McLean. Toby McLean. Controversial what? player at the Bulldogs. You know how we've talked in the early years about who's your club's whipping boy? I, I get the feeling that Toby McLean is, is one of the... I like Toby McLean. Did I he do his knee? No. I always think we're better with him in the team. But I, 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 I see a lot of Bulldogs who get frustrated with Toby McLean. Yeah. I mean, you want him on the field. You want to know that your McLeans are showing. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, that's a terrible one. I knew I hadn't heard the name before, but it wasn't worth it. <laughs> um, let me tell you what I know about Toby McLean off the top of my head. Hmm. Midfielder? Yeah. Halfback flank? Forward. Oh, half forward flank. Half forward, yeah. Um, did his knee or something at the end of this year? No, who was that? A player that you said was expendable. That you said if he dies, he dies. <laughs> Who's the, the bulldog who did his knee? Was it? Uh, maybe, I think. I can't remember. There was a player who, because there was a player who did his knee, and I said, oh, is that going to help you hurt your finals? You're like, nah, dime a dozen. <laughs> Does that sound like him? Yeah. Okay. All right. Kind of undermines my point about people being dismissive of his talent, though. Uh, just to give you context, okay. this was conducted in April of this year, so okay. all references will be... I don't think I know anything about Toby McLean, so I'm interested to find out. Just a little sidebar, bonus question. Mm-hmm. What is it, who is this pocket profile pocket... Brought, who's this pocket profile brought to us by? Uh, a sponsor? Yeah, and it's very appropriate. Uh, so uh, it's a, a toothpaste of some no. kind? A toothbrush? No, I think a- more about your mascot. Uh, a, a dog, some sort of dog. Uh... <laughs> it's brought to you by a dog, <laughs> Fido. <laughs> he paid in bones. Some sort of dog food? Yes. Yeah. Pedigree. Pedigree, okay. Which the senior... pedigree pocket profile. It okay. is. Yeah. The pedigree pocket profile pocket. Which senior player first took you under their wing? Uh, is it another sort of midfielder forward? Scott West. No. No, it's a play that we discussed, well, not at length, but was in part of an at-length discussion a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Dale Morris. Yes. Toughest individual opponent during... uh, Toughest toughest individual opponent. Um, A a player that you and I like to deride fairly regularly. He has a reputation that does not seem warranted. He has a reputation that does not seem warranted. Oh, come on. This is a dead giveaway. We always mention it. Um... Uh, Whenever he executes a certain skill set, uh, uh, Scott Pendlebury. No, 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 he's a teammate. Oh, a teammate. I thought oh, I said no, opponent. No, no, it was opponent. Sorry, yeah. I should say it's a teammate. Oh, it's a teammate of his. Yeah, he's saying during preseason. Sorry, oh. I misread that. Okay, sorry. Uh, okay, uh, all right. Oh, so he has uh, a quality that is assigned to him that he has a quality that he is apparently his his one would, but you and I see very little. Oh, okay. Um, yes, it's an old mate who can't kick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a fucking old mate from Hawthorne. He can't fucking kick. Matthew Suckling. 
Who had the, sorry, I fucked that up. That would have been very confusing. No, you had the entire was, AFL to I choose. I was like, who did we talk to as an identifiable I mean, I thing? still like, think we've talked about it enough that you should have gone up, but the, it, the, the opponent thing would have thrown you. I no, apologize. Okay. Uh, who had the most influence on your career? And he didn't play for the Bulldogs. Okay. Player for another team, retired now. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Probably retired in the last five years. Steve Johnson. Close. Joel Corey. Growing up, who was your favorite player? Ooh, interesting. Was a Saints supporter. Well, actually, could have been could have been a supporter of one of three teams. Okay. Uh, one of three teams. So someone who played for St Kilda, but also two other teams. Mm. Uh, so it can't be Tony Lockett. Very Andy played recognizable for another team. player. Known by his nickname. He's that, he's that kind of footballer where his nickname is kind of his first name. Okay. And he played... And it's a, it's a nickname... Of an like that describes an animal, or well, a creature. It's a creature, octopus Jones, <laughs> Peter Spider, <laughs> octopus Jones. <laughs> uh, teammate most likely to coach, um, guy I've never heard of. Oh, okay. But that doesn't say anything. Um, shares a surname with a very talented Bulldogs player. Uh, oh, Gary Bontebelli. <laughs> Um, his first name sounds like a noise you'd make if you were choking. Um, Girk. <laughs> Girk Pontembelli. Girk Pontembelli. Rock. Rock. Oh, Rocksmith. Rocksmith. Teammate most likely to be club president or CEO. Oh. Never heard of this guy. Okay. I don't think he's played many senior games. All right. Just help me there. Bradley Lynch. Okay. Who's that? No, doesn't know. <laughs> Your funniest teammates, and it's a tie. One Tom, Tom Liberatore. Yep. The, the other one, surprising. Well, uh, surprising to me. Maybe you know he's funny. Uh, in and out of the, t- I think out of the team most this year has been sort of in Lynn and out. Lynn John. There you go. Who had the? Uh, did you know he was funny? Is that come as a surprise? It doesn't come as a surprise. He's been pretty active on Twitter, hasn't he? He sort of slaps down. Yeah, trials. and I know when I did a comedy show at the Bulldogs that wasn't compulsory, he was one of the players that came. <laughs> Okay. Do you know what I mean? Comedy so maybe fan. he likes comedy. Who has or had the best haircut in AFL history? Uh, Bailey Smith. Bailey Dale. Oh, Bailey Dale. This is eight, well, how long oh, has Bailey right. Smith yeah, had okay. the mullet? No, you're right. That's Start absolutely of the right. Year. No, yes. Unique person you follow on Twitter or Instagram? I believe he's a car racer. Oh, Daniel Riccardi? No. Um, um, uh, let me just look up. Maybe I, that, I could have sent you down there. And he's Daniel Ricardo anyway. It was Peter Ricardi. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Ricardi, Daniel Ricardo. Uh, Peter Brown. Oh, no, it's just a, it's a joke. It's a mate of his from, oh, from okay. the Sandful. All right. Declan Hamilton. Um, they like giving Lewis sh- Hamilton. Yeah, that's right. They're giving shout. They love giving shout outs to mates yeah. of theirs, don't they? Uh, what's the three things left on your, what is, what's the three things left on your bucket list? And he just gives one answer and it, it's it's not. I mean, if this if this is the ambition of his bucket list, I don't yeah. think he understands what a bucket list is. Um, it's something that people do maybe two or three times in their lifetime, maybe more. Uh, two or three times in their lifetime. Yeah, when maybe they're at, once they're eighteen. More. Or so they three or four times. Maybe that two or three is probably too little. Maybe like a, do, a half a dozen to a dozen times. Once they're people. eighteen, they'll do it half a dozen to a dozen times. A full medical. <laughs> Um, have a party. <laughs> buy? Oh, like buy a house. Six, buy a car. Car. <laughs> I don't know how many times, how many cars have you owned in your life? Um, 
five. Yeah, shit, that was way under. I probably should have said a dozen. I mean, five is too many houses, though. So yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a bad clue. Um, do you have a dog? What's its breeding name? Uh, no. He does? Oh. What breed? Um, a German Shepherd. Golden Retriever. Okay. And its name is a, a famous children's entertainer. Uh, Rolf Harris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's a three-legged dog. <laughs> Jake, the fairy leg, a leg. Um, no, Humphrey. Uh, first album you bought it's a compilation album one of those compilation ones okay does it have a name like you know 85 comes alive one of those sort of something names something like that but it was, I'll give you the year because yeah. that won't help you at all but it's, it's 02 but it, it sounds like I mean it's, yeah. it's it, it, this phrase captures that era oh um, you could even spell it with a PH one of the words oh uh, uh Final Fantasy, <laughs> like uh, so fresh, so fresh. Oh. They don't spell it with a ph, but I'm just saying yeah. it sums up that era. Uh, favorite holiday destination? Uh, would have loved. Well, this interview was given in April. He would have loved what happened. <laughs> He'd be the one AFL player he would have liked. What eventually oh, happened Gold this Coast. season? Noosa. Noosa. Yeah. Favorite movie? A uh, favorite. Um, a favourite of our other podcast, an actor who's very popular on our other part. We talk about him a lot, but not one of his more beloved uh, films. So give me the actor first. The Rock? No. Adam Sandler? Yes. And it's not... It's it's, it's not Billy Madison or None of the Gilmore. obvious ones. But again, Adam Sandler has been mentioned. This is He's on par with Shawshank, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, think of one of his less successful ones. Um, it's terrible. I mean, it's not the worst one, but it's <laughs> it's not it's not it's not enjoyable really on any level. Um, oh, what's the um, one where he's the? It's all like kebabs and yeah, hummus. yeah, yeah. Is it that there, one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's that called? I'm not going. Um, it rhymes the. The last word rhymes with, uh, well. He's a hit. Don't blame the Zohar. Yeah. Don't, don't mess with the Zohar. That's it. I was going to say, don't mess with the Rohan. <laughs> the Rowan, the Gary Rohan. Okay. Favorite TV series, reality series? Uh, the Bachelor. Uh, the Amazing Race. Survivor. No, I believe it's, um, what do you call it when you just take the the first letters? Yeah. It, it's no. Oh, it's it's more, an acronym or something. It's, the, the acronym is very common when people are writing about it online and stuff. Um, I only not because I like what is this fucking show that? Oh, like? Dancing with the Stars. No. <laughs> um, uh, keeping up with the Kardashians begins with an M. Um, um, my kitchen rules. Uh, no, it's a uh, uh, my. Mm, People, uh, this is a, 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 a ceremony uh, that, that spans all cultures. It's common to the, to adults. They will consummate yep. with marriage. I married at first sight. Maths. Maths. Really. Favorite band or musician? Uh, potentially, he was at the grand final last year. Okay, so like grand final last year. Um, so he supports one of the teams that was in the. No, no. Favorite band or musician. Oh yeah, but oh, so but the musician actually might have played at the grand final, or they were just yes. Oh, who who played it? Uh, Tones and I. Tones and I. 
My favorite question. Will. <laughs> favorite carb. Pasta. No, it's bread. <laughs> oh, you know what? I was so close to going bread too. I was like, I wanted to give. That's the paper, rock, scissors question. Yeah. <laughs> the pocket bread or pasta. It's bread, pasta, or potatoes. <laughs> uh, first meal after the season has ended. Bread. <laughs> pasta. No! It's not even your favorite <laughs> meal, you motherfucker. The gnocchi parmigiana. Uh, I didn't even know they made a gnocchi parmesan. Has anyone told Matt Rowell about this? Yeah, that's a, that feels right out of the chorizo pasta where somebody's just taken two foods they like and combined them that's in a, a bowl. That's a share house dinner. Yeah. Uh, it's a roast chicken schnitzel. <laughs> Coriander, yes or no? Uh, no. No. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Yes. Yes, huh? Now, this is what happens. It always takes you a few questions. You're zoning in. It's a big question now. You got you've kicked two in a row. All right. Another one will just put some real scoreboard pressure on. Tomato sauce in the fridge, yes or no? Ooh. Yes. No. Ah. Oh, that's a twelve point turnaround. I've no. just run it out of defence and kicked the goal. Um, who inspires you? And let me just find out who this person is. Um uh yeah, okay. Hang on, I'll give you a clue. Yes. Uh oh, place for the Bulldogs. Oh, okay, so is it a joke? Um, or is it, do you think, think it's a real so. answer? Uh, I think it's a real answer. I don't know. No, maybe it's a joke. There could be mates. But he's. I, I believe this kid. He's a kid. I believe he's shown some shown some stuff. I believe. Uh, Pat Lipinski. Pat Lipinski. Was am I right? He's shown something this yeah, year. Right? No, yeah. Uh, yep. What non-football accomplishment are you most proud of? Um, relates to an earlier question. Oh, relates to an earlier question. Yeah. So he's um, met Adam Sandler. <laughs> no. Potentially he could do this 11 more times in his life. <laughs> oh, he bought a car? He bought a car. His first and only car, a Mazda 626. He's really hung up on the car thing. Um, what's his most... <laughs> yeah. What's, what's his most embarrassing childhood memory? <laughs> Not having a car? He's just sworn the rest of his life. Um, no, swallowing a dollar coin. I don't okay. know if that's embarrassing. I think it's like a serious life-threatening situation. <laughs> yeah, it's still in me. And last question, who would you like to swap places with for a day? Okay, sports person? Uh, yes. I believe he's a teammate. Yes. He's a he's, teammate. He's of- a teammate. He's at the Bulldogs and he'd like to swap. Yeah, places now the reason with him. I can tell you the reason why yeah, because I, I don't think why. it'll give it away because he wants to live in his Noosa mansion. Oh, so I, I guess okay. I, so Toby, we already know loves loves Noosa. Noosa, and one of his mates who plays at the Bulldogs has got a Noosa mansion. Yeah, and between them, they've got a car and a mansion. <laughs> so it's all that Toby really needs. And all get, the gnocchi get, parmigiana they what? can stomach. Get me a loaf of bread, get me some gnocchi and a parmigiana and get me a noosa in my car and I am a happy man. Put on Don't Mess With The Zohan. <laughs> it's a Saturday night. Um, now, I don't know. Who has a noosa mansion who plays for yeah, the I mean, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't immediately. Would it be a senior player because they can afford a mansion in Noosa? No, I don't think. I think the hint might be more in who this guy's father is. 
Oh, okay. So and, and it's the Noosa one. It's mm. not a direct reference, but you can see, you can extrapolate to go. Okay, yeah, I can imagine that. Okay, there's a player at the Bulldogs who has a father son. A father son. So we got Wallace. We got Hunter. We've got uh, Liberatore. Sorry. Well, maybe this will be too much of a clue, but not a bulldog's father son. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. Um, maybe. Uh, I, hang on. Let's go check. That this is a father. No, nah, tell me. I, I don't know who it is. Josh Dunkley. Oh yeah. Okay. He's a father son. His dad yeah. played for the Swans, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. Yes. So that's what I was. Extra- that's what. Yes. Yeah. You're right. It was a father son, but not <laughs> yeah. a bulldog's father son. You're right. You don't know Toby McLean at all. No wonder you dismissed his injury so early, uh, so Hit easily. Miss. Hit and miss. Yeah, you had a bit of a run in the middle. You yeah. like the Saints. You showed a little bit in the yeah. third quarter. If you just kick straight, mm. but then it all fell to pieces. Um, that's it for this week. Uh, very exciting final series coming up. We've given our tips. Uh, we'll be back again next week. In the meantime, if you'd like to support not only this show, but a bunch of shows we do, um, you can go to patreon.com slash tofop. Uh, uh, that's a, a monthly subscription service in which you get access to a whole bunch of bonus content, mainly to do with our other podcast, Tofop. But if you like this show, I'm thinking you might like Tofop as well. So go to patreon.com slash Tofop to help us out. Otherwise, just go to our website, sign up for our mailing list, and you'll be first to know about stuff that's coming up, and you'll get a little summary of what's been happening in the world of Tofop oh, this week. And we are doing a live show oh, yeah. the day after the grand final with the guys, uh, Michael and Rosie from uh, Junk Time AFL Podcast. It is our traditional post-grand final show. And of course, this year, because of COVID, we cannot do it in a pub with all those people so we are doing it online yeah and you can buy a ticket to see it and it means that wherever you are in the world if you want to see our post grand final show they are really super fun shows and i'm glad that we're able to keep the tradition going and uh, our mate in new york who uh, hates the yankees right you can you can tune in final show (laughs) and what i would say is probably if you if it is really well supported that you know charlie and i might look at doing some other stuff in the future. So if you would like to see us not just do that show, but maybe do some more stuff by ourselves at some stage, then, you know, buy a ticket to that show and show that there's interest in it and we might do some more of it. I actually think there's uh, quite a few tickets have sold already. So we only have limited numbers. So if you want to get on that, you've got two weeks. Uh, trybooking.com. We'll put a link in the episode description below. Play on, not 15. Ball. We are t-